Here we go. You are now listening to Random Ramblings with Rock. Yay! What up, everybody? I'm back. Man, damn, I fucked it up. I just did it a little while ago. And I ain't cutting it out. Fuck it. What up, everybody? This your boy, B-Rob, and I'm back with another edition of the Random Rounds with Rob podcast. First and foremost, forgive me for fucking up, but secondly, uh, thank you, the listener, for coming back and listening to this bullshit right now. <laughs> if you're a first-time listener... Couldn't have, couldn't have introduced us any better. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're a first-time listener, I'm also extra very sorry <laughs> for um, jacking all that up. <laughs> and um, if anybody recommended you to me, I would say... Um, Give them a crisp high five, but after that atrocious intro, um, just give them a fist bump. I mean, <laughs> don't even soil the palms of your hands by touching. Just give them a fist bump right now. Let me, let me get my mojo back. Oh, shit. <laughs> anyway, uh, joining me <laughs> uh, once again after many moons of a hiatus from the Random Rounds of the Rob podcast, um, the man myth, the legend, Kiefer Bartek. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm great, man. The two, ti- two time being back on here. The Colossus of Clout, the Colossus of Clout. It's easy to say. Two time on the uh, on the podcast here with Rob. Uh, I'm excited to be back, man. Man, it's, it, it's been a long time overdue. Um, I got to see you in the show, but it wasn't you. It was like you masquerading as somebody else. What do you What do you mean? What, what do you mean, masquerading as somebody else? So I think it was you, but you had a a, a mask on. <laughs> oh yeah, what was this at? Uh, Griffs, I believe. <laughs> so I mean, it, oh man, that it might have been you. But, I don't know. That might have been me and Steen and all day. I don't really know who exactly those people were. Um, but you know, that don't, I don't know if they, I don't believe they won that, that night or whatever the case may be, but yeah, or even the night I had the trophy or whatever the case. So, yeah. I don't even uh, know. man, that was, that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. Um, I also, I had, uh, also another former guest of this show is, uh, JJ Blake. And, um, from what I understand, y'all got a match coming up for the title, right? Big match, man. It's uh, it's the first time that I've ever wrestled for a singles title. Mm-hmm. First time I've ever wrestled in a singles match in Abilene, my hometown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then against J.J. Blake, you know, we uh, we go back a little bit. Um, and I, I, there's you know no pressure on me to win this <laughs> win this match up against J.J. Um, but man, like since the last time we talked, I mean, there's, there's so much. I feel like that has happened i feel yes. like um the cool broke up and they know, got back together I, <laughs> we got we broke up we got back together um started a wrestling company your health started a wrestling company um you know wrestled for every kind of texas wrestling promotion working mm-hmm. my way outside of texas i mean and that's this jj blake matchup man this is the this is the biggest match of my life, man. You could say the biggest moment of my life just because of all the circumstances surrounding it. We're going to um, rewind and um, kind of move forward 
to that point. But <laughs> I, I, I know it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, because um, you posted the um, picture of uh, uh, what a day or so ago. I seen it in the uh, Instagram stories, and I was torn because I mean, you both my guys, man. You both been on the show or whatever. But to that same token, you know, I was torn at the time, but I'm not anymore because you're here now. So <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm I'm I re- two times. Yeah, two times. And so I'm I'm rooting for you. And uh secondly, Thanks. I'm rooting for you because JJ Blake told me to shut up at that same show that I just mentioned. <laughs> oh man, that's that's just typical JJ, you know, just always running his mouth. So I mean man, I'll be the one to shut him up on uh June twenty second. Word. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny as hell because like I'm in the front row and I'm like, yeah, JJ, he's like, shut up. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you say jj we're, we're uh, okay <laughs> we're good but yeah man um I've, I've i've been tracking been peeping in the window that is instagram and whatnot and um since the last time you were here i mean i think you were down there at all row doing great things and whatnot i think y'all mo- just moved not too long ago into that facility that's down there now and you were just right. honing the craft you was growing out the bun at the time and, um, you know, we just talked about a whole bunch of things, how you came into pro wrestling and whatnot. And now somewhat you're uh, a journeyman in everything. You done branched out of the ROH dojo. <laughs> I said ROH, goddamn. The ROW uh, <laughs> dojo. And, um, hey, I promise not to take you backstage and intimidate you at this, Rob, all right? <laughs> all right, man. I'm, 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 you can say ROH, RW. You can heckle all you want. Or I'm not going to take you backstage or anything. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm just so... Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, I, I've uh, I've got out. I branched out. I, you know, I've always wanted to, to spread my wings. And and when you sit there at Reality Wrestling and you see some of the talent in Texas grow and and to move on to bigger and better things like your Keith Lee's and mm-hmm. your Sammy Guevara's, um. You know, other guys, uh, Ray Rowe, that have moved on from Texas wrestling to bigger things. Um, you know, you just want to see what's out there. You want to see what promotions are out there with the talent. You know, you want to cross paths with all those guys. And, um, you know, I, I still think that Reality Wrestling has the best roster in Texas. But, it, you know, you've, I've crossed paths with, with some amazing talent in Texas, worked for some amazing promotions here in the state of Texas. And, uh you know, I just looking to expand even further than Texas now. I mean, uh, that's kind of what I why I got into wrestling. You get to travel a little bit, you get to see a little bit of the state, a little bit of the country, and mm-hmm. uh, it's all, uh, you know, it definitely gives me uh, perspective in life of things that I get to see that I didn't get to see when I was younger. So I'm just blessed uh, to be able to uh, mix it up at certain places with certain guys, and um, you know, just try to keep the ball rolling here moving forward. Okay, and you know, and it's good to get out there, get your name moving around, and um, getting that exposure and whatnot. But what has been some of the horror stories of um, actually getting out there and trying to travel and whatnot? Ah, man, um, traveling twenty five hours one way to North Dakota. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> with no gear. Um, you know, there was a a huddle house in Oklahoma that. You know, I've I've been to some places where it's like uh, the, the customer service was bad, but the food wasn't terrible, or vice versa, where the food was terrible, but you know the the waitress or waiter was doing their best to you know make the best of the situation. 
Um, but Nat Huddle House literally was the worst of, of both worlds that I've ever <laughs> experienced. And uh, I, I don't recommend anybody in that. This sounds bad. Like, but uh, I don't remember where it was, somewhere in Oklahoma. If you're in Huddle House, if you go to Huddle House in Oklahoma, just try to avoid them at all costs. But uh, yeah, I mean, I remember I was, I was traveling with uh, Rob Barnes, Jason, Cam Cole, and myself uh, back from North Dakota. So, you know, we already went 25 hours one way. Uh, was in negative 10 to 20 degree weather for oh, the no. most part. And then you travel 25 hours back in a car, you know, with full, uh, full grown, you know, adults crammed in there like sardines. Uh, and you just, you know, take turns driving. Uh, and then you try to sleep where you can. And then you, you get to one of the, feels like the last stop. You're like in Oklahoma. It's pretty close to Texas. Um, but there's like eight or nine hours left still on the drive. And then you have the worst service and food of your life. And then, you, you know, you got to make another eight or nine hour drive. So it was, a. Uh, I'd say it was an experience. I don't think I would ever do it again. <laughs> you know, I do like uh, flying now, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, we still talk about it today. It's pretty funny just uh, how that whole weekend unraveled. Now, you talking about you had eight hours left after Oklahoma or whatever, like seven of that was just going through El Paso. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, no, seriously. It was uh, – Texas is – so big man it's just I, when you tell people how big texas is that that's not from here it's almost mind-boggling to some people yeah. uh when was the last time you had some whataburger man that's a good question man i think i had whataburger after our last show in hidalgo before i or the night before our last uh, reality wrestling show when I went from uh, Hidalgo to Houston. So I guess that's been like a month, maybe. I don't know, man. What? I, I think about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Have you tried the Dr. Pepper steak? I, I want to know. I'm, I'm not a Dr. Pepper man myself, but you know, a lot of people are. It's, it's delicious. It's delicious. I had it. There's a Whataburger right down the street. Oh, and I seen the sign and I pulled I in. Wanna- <laughs> you gotta get I want to try it sometime, man. I want to just, and I'm not a Dr. Pepper man, but you know, I'm I'm down to try anything, especially from Whataburger, because nothing's really bad there. Everything is delicious, so mm-hmm. I'll have to try it out sometime now. Yeah, and I, I I recommend it. This is pretty damn good. What what's your go to there? Like when you go there, it's like, all right, if I can't think of nothing, there ain't nothing appealing. This is what I get. Yeah, at uh, Whataburger. Yeah. Oh, no, I get a number two with cheese, mayo, no mustard, no onions, and pickles with uh, Powerade and a spicy ketchup. I mean, come on. <laughs> you guys just got long. <laughs> oh, man. That's, uh, I've had, like, exes that would be like, all right, well, I already know what you want. And then they would just recite it back to me. I'm like, all right, I'm doing my job here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, like I said, um, the cool broke up last time you was here or whatnot. Or they was moving toward the breakup, and now you're back together. What what all led to that? Um, so we both had a singles run for a while. I joined CB Ray Incorporated for a good amount of time, when mm-hmm. CB Ray was my manager. Um, that kind of um, you know fell apart. We had um, you know in storyline we had a fall now with CB Ray. Uh, Rob moved back to Australia, um, and so that kind of disintegrated. And, and then the timing just kind of felt right. You know, we were tagging on the Indies 
a little bit before that because we just felt we had a little bit more of a run to give. I think mm-hmm. when we broke up the first time, or we broke up, we haven't broken up again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, it's like a messy relationship, you know. It's just uh, you know, it's good and it's bad. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I think we had only had like actually like nine, eight or nine matches, honestly, maybe ten. I mean, really wasn't that much. It seemed like a lot because I think we had the promos mm-hmm. and we had success early on and stuff. But we honestly didn't have a whole lot of matches, and so we were like, you know, we're both like, well, you I mean we we still have a lot to give, not only as singles competitors but as a tag team, and you know, why not do both? Uh, that can benefit us. You know, some places we're a tag team, some places we're not. Mm-hmm. but you know then reality wrestling was like okay well let's go ahead and put these guys back together um it kind of was the catalyst to me cutting off my oh man uh dreaded man bun <laughs> <laughs> which i think i would say like people were like well it was you know it was for storyline but i was so over that man bun maybe a, a year before we actually cut it i would you know go to kevin like hey man I think it's time to cut this man bun and he was like no no, no we'll hold off on it so <laughs> when me and cam got back together <laughs> I said, uh, hey, you know, this might be cool, you know, first time in wrestling history where someone gets a haircut and nobody turns on the other person, you know, we just kind of like, yep, that's it. Now we're now we're like blood brothers, you know, man bun brothers <laughs> or something. And uh <laughs> and then, you know, we've been rocking and rolling ever since then, man. We've I mean, we've tagged that you know, reality of wrestling, we've wrestled for the tag titles, we wrestled in TLC matches. Um, we've wrestled in Dallas, you know, we won a tag team championship in Dallas, there are Metroplex wrestling, yeah, we, we tagged in Inspire Pro in Austin. Um, man, we got so in Beaumont, you know, we're tagging against Pump Patrol and, and Beaumont. Um, you know, we're battling for another tag team titles uh, for RWR and Stafford. I mean, you know, we've just kind of been all over the place as a tag team and also doing our own things as singles competitors as well, man. I think it's almost like a, you know, the cool is almost like the bullet club kind of thing where, yeah. you know, we we can do our own thing and we can team up, man. We're just kind of a stable, um, a tag team. You know, we also have Rachel Rose in there as well now. And, uh, you know, you get every kind of mix of us in a whole bunch of different places. So, yeah. Now, um, I think you just, uh, Prove me wrong if if I'm if I am. Um, didn't you have your first cage match since the time you've been here last? We had a cage match um, as a tag team against mm-hmm. Team Death Bear. Um, I don't remember. I, I remember it was sometime around the time we spoke. I don't remember if it was before mm-hmm. or after, but I do remember me and Cam did have a steel cage match in February of last year maybe <laughs> yeah i feel like everything's just kind of run on top but yeah i believe it was february last year and um i hate heights by the way i'm just gonna put that out <laughs> but you're tall so being I, exactly as people say you're tall you ain't supposed to be afraid of heights no nah, man i don't do roller coasters that that's not my that's not my thing man um but um you know doing the superplex off the top of the steel cage and taking a super kick off the steel cage and uh it was a fun match man i i really enjoyed the steel cage match with cam um i like steel cage matches now i mean i did the first time we worked but this, when me and cam worked the cage match i really enjoyed it so it's it's pretty intimidating when you step through 
and you look at the cage, especially if you're not a big fan of heights like myself, you get up there at the top, you're looking in the sea of people and you're just like, man, how did I even get here? But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it, it's, uh, it was, a uh, fun and it was, a uh, you know, brutal match. I, I felt it a couple of days afterwards, but that's all part of being a wrestler. So, yeah. Now, let me tell you, I was in the Toyota Center <laughs> and Becky Lynch rolled up on Rhonda and Charlotte on her crutches and she waylaid both of their asses and then I see the security run up in there and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that, who, who's that motherfucker with the flat top? And I was like, wait. And I look up <laughs> on the screen. I was like, God yeah. damn it. That's motherfucking, that's them. <laughs> so I'm like, oh man, that's both of them. I was like, dude. And I'm sitting, my wife is there with me. She's like, who is them? Who is they? Who are you talking about? I said, that's, uh, that's JJ and, uh, and, and Kiefer, man, that was on the show. And I was like, I was just flipping the fuck out. So. I mean, you got to indulge me, man. You got you got to let me know how all that came about. I mean, I kind of know, but then I don't know because yeah. I wasn't there. <laughs> man, that it's pretty interesting, uh, honestly. Um, the Thursday, I believe, before that, it was the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, you know, Kevin asked me and, and a couple other guys, Hey, you you guys want to go do some extra work? And I haven't done extra work since, uh, 2015 or something like that. I kind of been staying away from it or, um, you know, kind of been working on myself as a wrestler, Yeah. but I was like, yeah, you know, I could, I could use the money. I, you know, I want to go back up there and see how things have changed, uh, since I've been up there. And I remember getting there to the building and it was pretty lax. I, I think, uh, you know, we, we went and did our physicals there. Um, we were in catering. Um, we went back to our dressing area. And uh, we had all thought we weren't going to be doing anything that day. You know, usually in the extra war- roles you do, like No Way Jose has his little yeah. conga line. Um, but when I did it before, I did it with the Rosebuds. Um, so, you know, we knew that No Way Jose wasn't going to have a match that night um, from the run sheet we saw. So, we just all thought we were going to just be hanging out and eating catering and watching the show. I remember me and JJ were the last two to get the physical. So we went back into the locker room getting changed to our uh, dress attire. And then John Cone comes in there and is like, Hey, you two, you guys come in here. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, they gave us some security shirts and we're like, Hey, you guys going out like next segment. I mean, it was pretty like bang, bang, bang. Mm -hmm. You guys are going to be doing this kind of thing. And, um, I remember asking uh, Finley, it was the guy who was doing the agenting backstage for the, for the segment. I was like, are you sure that we are not going to be hit by a crutch? (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure I asked that like two or three times, you know, I was like, so we're just going to go in there and apprehend Becky Lynch. And he was like, yep. I was like, all right. You know, that's what, you know, and when we, you know, when she was swinging the crutch on uh, Rhonda and on Charlotte, and you're running out there and you're trying to, you know, you get in the ring and she's still swinging the, the crutch. I felt like I was in the crossfire at that point in time. Like, <laughs> you know what? If I get hit with the crutch, you get hit with the crutch. It just happens at this time, at this point, you know? Um, but it didn't happen. Uh, we did apprehend the man. 
with no struggle. Um, and it almost makes the this like match with JJ a little bit more uh, just a weird like our the windings of our careers have always yeah. kind of intertwined in a weird way of like stuff like that. Where you know we actually did travel North Dakota too. He's the guy that helped uh, me get on up there, um, and so it's just all. It was really a crazy experience. I don't think you ever get used to being in front of that many people, you know, it's just uh, mm-hmm. a sea of people that, you know, and, um, it was cool, man. I, I, it was unexpected. It happened pretty quickly. Uh, you know, my social media kind of blew up afterwards. Like, Hey, I know that guy, you know, people still message me now. Like, Hey, I saw you on Becky's 24, uh, 24 episode, you know? So <laughs> it's pretty cool, man. You know, you always going to have clips like that. Uh, to, to kind of look back on and be like, oh man, that was a cool point in my career. Um, you know, especially if I make it, I mean, you'd be like, oh yeah, I was a, a security guard at one point in time for a, for a Becky Lynch segment when she was hot. Uh, you know, she was probably like the hottest person in the company right th- at that point in time. Yeah. And then, I mean, there's countless people that has come out of the, the Rosebud and the conga line to be a thing. Strowman, one of them. And there's a couple other ones that I can't recall on the uh, top of my head right now, but you are in, out there in that, that group, man. You can be up next, man. <laughs> hey, I'm trying, man. I, it's funny that the, so the first time I did the extra work in 2015, which was, I always tell people I had one match with Alex Reigns. The next thing you know, Booker's like, Hey, you're going to raw. Um, so, uh, the people who were in that particular, um, Rosebud thing with me um, are pretty, you know, pretty famous or have gotten pretty popular. Uh, you know, guys like Terrell Tempo, who's at uh, Reality Wrestling now, um, who's a big name in Texas uh, right now. He that was when I first met him. Guys like Ken, Kenneth Johnson was on the Cruiserweight Classic. Um, Shane Taylor is the Ring of Honor Television Champion right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that guy. Uh, Sammy Guevara just did the pre-show for Double or Nothing. Yep. Uh, and then someone named Athena, uh, Ember Moon, yeah. was also in that as well. So <laughs> that was just out of my experience there. You know what I'm saying? There's, uh, um, you know, there's probably that you could probably have something like that in every part of the country um, of people coming from the from the Rosebud lines. But uh, yeah, man. Um, and strangely enough, that's where I met Terrell Tempo uh, for the first time we actually wrestled on in the ring and SmackDown before uh, the, the SmackDown taping there that day. Um, and he's actually the main guy that I started uh, new Texas pro with is me and Terrell Tempo are the main people that are running that show. Um, and so that's it's pretty cool and pretty wild. To think back that that's the first time you met, you meet somebody and you get along so well with them. And then, you know, next thing you know, you're like, we're going to run shows in our hometowns and that's what, you know, we're doing now. So, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah, so I, you, you just gave me like a brief snippet of how, you know, all things came to be and whatnot. But what is that like, you know, setting up for shows and, you know, just running your own events and whatnot? Uh, stressful. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. It's, um, <laughs> it's uh, you know, it was never really like a, a plan or, or was never what I – it was never what I wanted to do. You know, I always wanted to just be a wrestler. Um, 
And then me, throughout Tempo, and the other person who helps us, uh, who helps run the show, uh, Max Heights, um, who's a little bit lesser known of us three, um, we came together one time in the locker room, and, and we just really wanted to run shows here in West Texas, because that's all of our hometowns. You know, Max is from Colorado City. Um, Terrell is from Leveland, which is right outside of Lubbock, Texas. And and I'm from Abilene, Texas. And um, initially, it was just supposed to be like, hey, um, we're going to run, you know, a show in our hometowns. Um, and that's pretty much going to be the gist of it. But it, it's just worked so well. And I've gotten so much praise from so many promoters who have been doing this for tens, you know, dozens of years or, you know, 10, 12 years, um, a long time, pretty much in the state of Texas. I, it, it's, it, it's really cool to hear that. I mean, I have so much knowledge that Booker T, that Bruce Pritchard, that Kevin Bernhardt that have, you know, given me or that I've taken from them, at, at, uh, listening to them, um, that it's, you know, you get to add a something good to Texas wrestling get to add something valuable to my community and Abilene to, you know, the other guys communities as well. It's, uh, it's very fulfilling, I guess, to be able to give back, um, to your community that you grew up in. You know, I grew up in Abilene as a big wrestling fan. There's not really independent wrestling in Abilene. Um, it's, it just, since the territory days, it just hasn't existed. Um, so it's really cool to be able to bring back quality pro wrestling to my hometown of Abilene. You know, there's 120,000 people here. So it's not like it's a, it's always been a big wrestling town. You know, when WWE comes to Abilene, they sell out the, t- the expo center here, um, with, you know, six, seven, 8,000 people there. So there's a wrestling community here. Yeah. It's just the uh, independent wrestling that's booming right now. I mean, you probably know with AEW and, mm-hmm. you know, these all these wrestling promotions that are independently owned, that are thriving, and everyone, you know, you're able to make money on the indies now. So it's, um, it just all, kind of, it was like a perfect storm of something that happened. But, you know, it's stressful. It's fulfilling. Uh, you know, leading up to the shows, you just, I'm I, really good at problem solving. So I try to do my best to just, problem solve on the fly and get things taken care of. I mean, you really never know what's going to hit you yeah. on the, sh- the show day, but afterwards when people are happy fans, you know, they message you say that was an amazing show. They come up to you after the show, um, talent the same way. Hey man, when can I come back? Um, it's all cool, man. It, it's, uh, it adds a different wrinkle of perspective of the whole thing of professional wrestling for sure. Hurt. And how does that uh, translate to your uh, solo and single pro- uh, tag team performances? Uh, you get to look at uh, what some, you know, I get to talk to promoters now in a different light um, than I had before. I, I get to, t- I, you know, I, I, I ask them, what do you guys, what do you want? Um, you know, like, what are you looking for? And now I have the, you know, now I have that perspective to be able to, um, to be able to, to whatever, whatever the promoter wants from us, whether it be singles, whether I'm a good guy, a bad guy, tag, good guy, bad guy, whatever, whatever the situation is, I, I know how to handle myself. I know how to go out there and make it, you know, the best possible it could be. 
Um, it's weird now, you know, promotions that I've really wanted to look and looked forward to working for so long, uh, like Inspire Pro, you know, you got the promoter telling me, hey, we had this multi-man tag team match making good. So, and they put that trust in me. They're like, all right, go out there and do the thing. You know, the, the TLC match we had a row, you know, they're like very heavily leaning on me to make the match happen. And uh, to get praise from stuff like that's really cool as well. Like I said, just... You just become a better all overall performer when you get to see things. You know, I also commentate now too. Word. It's another wrinkle of like, hey man, it's like a you know, people ask me, well, what do you think of my match? And I'm like, I was working. <laughs> you know, I'm actually <laughs> sitting here trying to add emotion, tell the story in your match. Now, I wasn't really watching. I was more like making the match. You know, telling the story that the best I can as a commentator. It's, mm-hmm. it's all a lot more than I anticipated getting into it and being like, all right, this is what, you know, you're going to be a promoter. It's not going to be easy. You're going to be a commentator. It's not going to be easy, but it gives you that uh, different outlook on wrestling in general. And, and it has the, you get to be a more whole of a performer when you think from all aspects of, of wrestling pretty much. Yeah. Now um, the commentary aspect of it, whatnot, I mean, obviously you're an active competitor and whatnot. You're in the thick of it all the time. How difficult was it for you to call actual moves? <laughs> I have a pretty quick wit, so so it wasn't very hard to kind of find my niche as um, as a commentator. I'm, I love spinning the narr- the narrative as a as a heel color guy, um, like you know a Bobby the Brain or a Jerry the King Lawler, or you know Corey does it sometimes. Corey Graves does it sometimes on you know WWE, but. Um, I think the hardest part of it all is to keep a crazy level of excitement the entire time that you're commentating. Cause mm-hmm. when you're, you know, 10 matches into a show and you're four hours deep into a show and you're, you've got to keep that, you know, if someone hits a big move, you gotta, you know, sell it like, Oh my goodness, I can't believe I've seen, you know, I've seen this move. Yeah. Uh, that, that was the hard part. Keeping that energy through the whole time you're speaking, uh, and you're commentating. That was tough, man. I, I, I did it a couple of times for heavy metal wrestling. The second time, I don't know if I was prepared to run the gauntlet of all the matches, but now, um, I, it's almost like watching tape as a wrestler. You're like, you listen to yourself and you're like, okay, I could do this better. I could do this better. You know, you just take notes and you, you, you try to do better the next time. And, uh, it's, like I said, it's, uh, the energy level is challenging for, uh, mm-hmm. for commentary, you know, not so much the moves. I know all the moves. Um, I've watched wrestling my whole life. It's, you know, I understand situations and stories. So, uh, but like I said, it, um, I was just surprised at how much energy you need, uh, to, to be a good commentator. That, that was what got me. Yeah. And I, I, I've tried it just like to practice, you know, cause like, um, we do the wrestling show every now and then and uh, me and the co-hosts, we would do watch alongs and we just pretty much yeah. pick a match, put it on mute and um, we try to commentate and talk and, you know, throw facts out about the match or whatever. And what I would kind of find is like the dude that would do it with me, Jay Sandlin. I mean, he's a fucking wrestling buff. He's a historian. I mean, he, he can tell you all kind of off the wall facts and whatever about whatever match that we watching. So I kind of get into the frame to where I'm trying to call the moves and call the action in the match. And he's spitting facts at me and I'm trying to comment and talk <laughs> about what's going on in the ring and not cut him off and 
try to play off his story is just fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's the play by play is a little bit tougher. I think, uh, I, I did a little bit for that for sabotage. Um, and it's so it's weird balance of, uh, calling what you're seeing, mm-hmm. um, keeping the story up, um, and speaking to people or speaking to whoever's on the commentary table with you in a open fashion. So it's like, um, well, uh, you know, how do you feel about this move kind of thing and keep the, the conversation open as well as calling, you know, look, it's a drop down leapfrog hip toss by so-and-so to go for the pin one, two kick out, you know, but also keep the other person engaged as well. It's tough. I mean, it's, uh, uh, as I said, uh, you know, watching him my whole life, I knew it wasn't easy, but then you just do it and it's, cha- it's challenging. I love challenges though. So hopefully, you know, I get to do it a lot more, you know, people, say i have a pretty distinct voice um <laughs> so that's good i guess but uh yeah man it's uh you i mean you you know you it sounds like you experienced the play-by-play part of it it's, it's challenging man it's yeah. tough it's not easy it doesn't matter how much wrestling you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then there's like um people call certain moves you know th- a different thing or whatever what, what the hell oh man that's like, tough too <laughs> why why is there so many people doing the sling blade now or whatever the fuck they call that move <laughs> i d- i don't know i think because uh, finn does I think it there's a few moves nowadays a, a few moves nowadays it feels like a lot of people do on the indies and like, you know, super kicks. I feel like everyone yeah. just throws a super kick now. I mean, and that was a finish for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, cutters, you know, I know Orton pretty much has it sewed up in WWE, but if you go outside of yeah. WWE, I mean, everyone throws a, uh, does a cutter or spear. You know, that's my finish. It's funny. Someone asked me, what's the name of your finish? Yeah, it's just a spear. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing special for it. <laughs> yeah, the, the bun clip or something. I don't know. <laughs> But um, yeah. Now, with with that even being said or whatnot, I mean, it's just like I don't know what to call it. It's just like I, super kick used to be a finish. Now it's just like just as common as a clothesline almost. So I mean, to be an active competitor nowadays, I mean, what wh- what your innovation level has got to be like? It's just like, are you always constantly thinking about moves, or it's just kind of like to tweak and modify your current moveset? Um, I, I am pretty creative with a lot of the stuff that I do. So it's almost like putting your own spin on certain moves or, or certain things. You know, I, I watch the product and if I like something, I'll try to, like I said, I try to make it my own. Um, but, you know, I tried, I try to come you know, so many wrestlers, I think, focus so solely on the moves. And I try to focus a lot of my character and the swag and things like that that I try to bring to the to the ring. It's like, a, you know, you kind of get it when you play sports of uh, you got to have that certain kind of mojo when, you, when you're on the field kind of thing. And that's what I try to do when I wrestle. I got to bring a, a certain type of mojo. I like to jaw jack with the fans, whether good or bad. But I just like to bring that you know, me really to multiplied by 10 or 20 to the ring. I think that separates me from a lot of guys because nobody can really be you. I mean, so however you feeling and thinking and doing in the ring, that's you. But, you know, uh, 
that that's what I really try to focus on now. So m- more so than I did, you know, in the moves. Cause I did do it. I did focus on the moves for a while. I do tweak, modify certain things in my, in my arsenal, but, uh, and I'm always looking to add certain stuff, but, um, like I said, mainly I tr- nowadays, I just try to concentrate on the mojo you bring to the ring. Mm-hmm. I got you. I feel you. I feel what you're saying. Uh, how, how, how many, uh, <laughs> How much of uh, inventory you got on them um, man bun t-shirts, man? I mean, you got a whole bunch of them just laying around. <laughs> no, nah, man, they're gone. <laughs> they are gone. Um, people ask me all the time, like, hey, can you reprint these things? And, um, hey, man, those are limited edition. You get them when they're hot. And then, you know, <laughs> I, I, when I see you wearing them, I give you a big hug and say thank you for supporting me back in the day when I had a man bun. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i mean i remember seeing that whole thing unfold or whatever and it, it was just like the tease and everything i was just like i was legitimately like no don't do it and then you was like ah, nah, i ain't gonna do it you're like getting ready to do it like no don't do it and he's like nah i ain't gonna do it and then psh, it was gone i was like no yeah. <laughs> i don't even know why i didn't want you to cut it i don't even know why i didn't want you to it but. was <laughs> it was funny because i think Initially, we all had that. I mean, I, it had been such a catalyst for, you know, how, you know, people felt about me. It's, but, you know, that's what they identified me with. You know, when I went to the ring, it was the man bun sucks chant. And when we did the poll the week of the show, it was like a 50 50 split. And it was like the biggest poll that Reality Wrestling had ever done. I mean, like that many people have voted. And cared about it. So when I when I saw that, I knew the crowd was going to be split. And I and I and I just thinking about it all, I was like, you know, it kind of, it you know, people like the chant "Man Bun Sucks" at me, mm-hmm. and it kind of was like an endearing like chant at me after a certain point because it's like you kind of you just enjoy giving me a hard time, right? It's like the "You Suck" for Kurt Angle. Yeah, it's just kind of who I am, right? It's like, oh, Man Bun Sucks. And so I think when people are like, oh, he might actually do this, like, no, hold up a second. We don't really mind the man bun. We just like to say man bun sucks at you. You could hear the groans in the crowd of like, no, like, no, we don't want you to do it kind of thing. Um, so it was pretty interesting. I, it was, um, I didn't expect that kind of reaction initially. I thought people would be happy to see it go. Um, but like I said, it was almost like that endearing man. You know, I can't chant man bun sucks at him anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of uh it was it was really cool. I mean, they, like a lot of people there at the audience felt the same way you did um, um, when it got cut. Is it is there a comeback tour in in the future maybe for the man bun? It's funny because people people ask me that now, and I'll sometimes I'll just put my hair up where it's like I think I can put a man bun up now. I might break it out <laughs> once you know sometime down the line just for shits and giggles. Uh, <laughs> just uh uh kind of bring you know the comeback tour or whatever but uh no nah, man it it um it was definitely what i was identified for at first uh you know first part of my career but uh you know any good performer kind of evolves and moves forward and and that's what i'm trying to do now trying to uh to uh evolve to a different character so it's uh you know it, it was fun um but and people still, you know, say, "Hey, where's your man bun at?" You know, it's been almost a year, so 
it's that it's always going to be a part of my career. It's always going to be a big part of, of my identity as a wrestler. But like I said, it's just uh, time to move on and t- time for a fresh start, I think. Yeah. And then, you know, if people keep asking for it, you can just get a like a man bun clip clip in or whatever. And then when you have your, mer- <laughs> then when you have your merch tables, you can sell like little mini man bun clips or whatever. So everybody can rock the man bun. That I actually thought about that for a while, but yeah, I mean that's so good idea. I had a, I had a, the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever done in wrestling was I had a, a trophy case with a man bun in it. Oh. It wasn't it was one of those clip on ones, but it was I would carry it to these promotions and, and parade it around as if you know it was something to be proud of. Oh, <laughs> yeah, just happened like it in a little so glass. Just happened like in a little gla- yeah, like glass display display. Yeah, it was like a trophy case gimmick. And uh, one show, uh, I was facing uh, Jay Sirius in a show in San Antonio. And he did a uh, 619 to the trophy case as I was holding it. And uh, yeah, man, it blew up. And <laughs> that was the end of that. So, oh. uh, But it was fun, man. It, it was, that was, I said, the most ridiculous thing I'm carrying around a man bus. <laughs> <laughs> um, it reminded me of like I don't know. It reminded me of Angle when he had his hair and he lost it, and he was wearing that stupid toupee with the yeah, yeah, with the headpiece, with the wrestler hat thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh golly, that's a good belly laugh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh, man. The, the matchup. You and JJ, man. I mean, what's, yeah. what's your mindset yeah. going into the thing or whatever? I mean, you talk about the the parallels between your career and everything. And just like you even saying that, it, it reminds me of the old, um, the um, the match that uh, Batista and Cena had and how they had that. Uh, I just remember yeah. the promo package of how they was talking about, all right, he was the champion at this time, he was the champion at this time. And it was just showing the parallels between the two when, from the started to the current end. I mean, so like, what's your mindset going into this, man? I mean, how, how you feeling? What, what what you doing to prepare? Uh, this man, I feel like every person needs something to strive for, something that keeps their drive moving forward. Um, sometimes in wrestling, you get a little lost of what you're, what are you doing, what are you trying to do, what are you trying to accomplish, you know? And there's a clear set goal in front of me, and it's you know, to win the new Texas pro championship in my hometown. I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, the first two times we wrestled Natalie and I wrestled with cam as the cool. And, uh, um, but the crowd was just electric the whole time I was out there. I mean, it's it just, it's uh it's like home field advantage, you know? And, um, it, it just gives me this drive to want to put everything that I have every single day into you know, this goal of mine and, 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 you know, I'm trying different things. I'm, you know, working out with friends who own gyms here. Uh, you know, tomorrow I've got a, uh, uh, you know, I'm scheduling a, uh, a jujitsu, um, session with a friend who owns a gym here. Um, so I, you know, I'm trying to break out new moves, uh, new holds for, for JJ. Um, you know, I might go see my good friend Rex Andrews, uh, in pathway training, and go train with him. Maybe he could teach me a couple of things. Um, so legitimately, like I, I'm going out every, you know, I, I'm wrestling three times this weekend. Uh, last weekend I wrestled 
three times. Um, you know, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, pretty much until the show date, I'm going out there and I'm wrestling the best in Texas. And I, I put a challenge out to heavy metal wrestling. I said, if you, you know, if you want to, you know, I want to challenge the best here in Texas. And if you believe you're the best in Texas, come step up and face me at heavy metal wrestling on Thursdays. And, you know, facing Moonshine Mantel last week uh, <laughs> as the first open challenge was a pretty big, uh, pretty big stepping stone, I think, as, a, as a, someone who I like, who I wanted to work with. And every, every one of these matches, win, lose, or draw, gets me one step closer to the goal of being a better wrestler than I was the day before. And so, like I said, man, I have a, I have a clear goal. Um, you know, I, I'm going to put on one hell of a fucking show from top to bottom. Um, you know, every match from, you know, Sue Young's going to be there. Um, you know, tables matches, uh, you know, Mysterious Q versus Jerome Daniels. I mean, there's just, you know, every match on the card from top to bottom is going to be amazing, but I want to be the best match on the card. I want to be, I'm, you know, want to be in the main event. I want to be one of the matches that people will remember for the rest of their lives, whether it be a wrestler or whether it be a fan. And, and I have the goal and I'm putting everything that I have towards it. And uh, it's a different drive that you, you know, than you normally have as a human being. It's what every wrestling fan dreams of from the very first day that they ever start watching wrestling. Like, how cool would it be to wrestle in front of my friends and my family in a big big match situation against a person that I love and I care for, but also a person I want to kick their ass. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, I don't know how to put it in words, man. Like, I, I've done my best to do that, but it's a, it's a pretty big moment for me. Uh, as a person word man that was a lot of passion in there, man. you, you kind of got me welling hey, up a little bit man you got it <laughs> but sorry you're like this guy sounds crazy right now i just asked about a match and now he's going off on this I, tangent I, don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I, I thought you were jonesing for the whataburger man <laughs> hey man that, that's that's uh, after the passion i poured in this interview that's after this number two <laughs> <laughs> but um, on the, on the side note or whatever, I mean, we're gonna push wrestling to the the left a little bit or whatnot, man. What what's what's been going on, you know, personally or whatnot? I mean, you, you've been getting out to the movies. I mean, that th- those slim uh, windows of a uh, rest and relaxation, man. What 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 is you getting into, man? I I gotta be honest. I mean, it. I haven't been. I haven't seen the Avengers. <laughs> Whoa! I haven't seen. I know. I haven't seen Captain Marvel. Uh, I pretty much, man. I, I've just, you know, if I wanted something, to, if I want something to be successful, like a new Texas pro wrestling, um, not only do I have to build stories for myself that make sense. You know, I'm building uh, social media for, you know, Mysterious Q. Um, you know, for, uh, Rachel Rose, for, uh, um, Roxy, for, uh, JJ Blake, you know, for everybody that's on our show, I have to do my best as a person to, um, as a promoter to promote that person and make them look like a million dollars. And like, I've, I probably watched more YouTube in the past year than I think I've watched my whole life. Yeah. Cause I'm just so interested in trying to, Hey, I don't know how to do this. Okay, well, guess what? There's YouTube. So I'm sitting there, you know, until three or four in the morning, uh, knowing that I have to go to work in the morning, you know, watching the YouTube video about how to properly hashtag on Instagram. You know, it's just, 
it's a, it's a crazy thing when you get so tunnel vision of, of being or wanting something to be successful that the fact that like, I haven't seen the Avengers and I want to so bad. It's just like, I just know that if I spend that three hours watching the Avengers, which I will, I mean, I, I plan on watching Captain Marvel. I might just watch that tonight on, uh, on, on demand or something, but yeah, uh, it's, it's just crazy, man. Like I, I, all the free time that I have, I, you know, that I'm not at the gym, I'm not working out, not trying to get better as a wrestler. I'm there trying to get better as a promoter. It's, um, you know, I did watch Game of Thrones and that, that was one hell of a season. I don't know if it's good or bad. It depends on who you talk to, but, uh, I thought it could have been better. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it felt rushed. I don't know if you're a Game of Thrones man yourself. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 it wasn't the season, the last season that I wanted it to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, they all, they are already talking about, um, doing a prequel series and some other spinoffs and whatnot. So, I mean, you get a little more of what you're looking for. Yeah, no, I, it was funny whenever, I think probably like season four or five, um, I was like, you know, what would be the best spinoff from this would actually be the prequel that had like the Mad King go crazy and yeah, how everything yeah, yeah. set to where it was today. And then you hear it now, they're like, okay, this is going to, but that story in itself was going to, it seems very interesting of how did everything get all snafu <laughs> yeah. uh, with, you know, the Lannisters at the top uh, or excuse me, uh, um, Robert Bannister and then, you know, Cersei, how did it get to that point? You know, that, that would be a cool, you know, and maybe you get to see a little bit more of Ned Stark um, in his, in his prime. Yeah. Uh, that would be a really cool story. I think. Now, and that that's another thing. And we was talking about this not too long ago. Now, I mean, not me, but me and some other people, it's just like, yeah, when people making these stories and whatnot, like Lord of the Rings and all this other stuff, I mean, there's actual source material there and there's actual, you know, like a timeline. There's the prequels, like Lord of the Rings came out. They did those three films and then they came out with the prequels, the Hobbit. So I was like, the Hobbit material is there already. I mean, why they just didn't start there, then work their way up to the present. Why is they, fucking skipping around and everything Star Wars they had three movies and then they went to prequels then they went back to the other end and all shit why is nobody making complete goddamn stories is what I'm trying to figure out I don't know I think it's one of those things where I know that Star Wars for instance was like well this is our money you know episode 4, 5 and 6 is hey if episode 4 doesn't catch on with with you know the US then then we're just done like hey let's just throw it out the way yeah all right, that was fun. It was a nice try. Um, as far as other things like Lord of the Rings and how they hop around and stuff, I mean, I feel like they have that one central story. They're like, this is going to be the, the money-making story. And then once it sets off, it's like, well, you know, I was also thinking about, you know, this is also kind of part of the whole story as well. So I don't know. It's, it's a little weird. Um, um, you know, I know that the books, have the last two books haven't even been written yet. Yeah. So I, I wonder if, they were waiting for the the sound film, the TV show to, to go through and be like, "Well, that didn't go the way I thought it would." So let's try this way. <laughs> uh, I wonder if that's a little bit of uh, of of, a, of the case with the, with those books. Um, you know, I, I imagine probably whoever picked it up at HBO probably wanted that particular storyline, starting with you know Robert Bannister into the to Bron the broken um 
to be the, the story. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it did so well, you know, spinoffs are kind of hit, hit and miss, you know, you hope, um, you know, you got You have a Frasier kind of spinoff that's actually good as opposed to, I don't know, the millions of other spinoffs that have been terrible. Yeah. yeah. And if it land on Fox, you know, they ain't, they ain't scared to cancel that shit in a heartbeat. <laughs> oh yeah. Family guy had a bad episode. I don't remember watching family guy when it first made the first run with the PJs. And I was a big fan of both those shows. Oh, Lord, and, the PJs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I always tell people, I was like, you remember the PJs? And people were like, no. And I'm like, that that hour of Fox was PJs and Family Guy. And that was like one of my favorite hours of, of TV when it was short, the short-lived time it was on Fox. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously Family Guy made the come up and, and came back too, but you know, PJs is kind of like a, uh, you know, people barely remember that, that cartoon. So, yep. uh, I, I probably not as good as I remember it being as a kid, but I, I really enjoyed that one probably more so than family. Guy. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was Eddie Murphy project. <laughs> yeah. And that was weird uh, just to see like him. Voice like half, half the people. Yeah. And it was weird to like, well, we didn't see him, but we heard him. It was just to have him in a weekly format, you know, outside of movies and shit. It was just like weird as hell. <laughs> it almost it is, man. As you just go back and think about it, it's like, especially because you don't really don't hear from Eddie very much anymore. But I mean, mm-hmm. from when he came from like raw and then stand up and then, you know, he did, uh, you know, with, uh, was it making it to America or yeah. Uh, coming to America, yeah. yeah. You see him as like these big blockbuster comedies, and then to go from like that to TV to just not being around. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I miss Eddie Murphy. I used to think he was one of the funniest dudes of all time. They had a tribute show that they did to for him on I forget what channel. It might have been Comedy Central or you know something. But they did a tribute show to him a couple years back, and he just did not look amused at all. You know, he's just like, eh. yeah. And it got down to the end of the show. You know, they did all these tributes. People did impressions, and you know, remembering, remembering Eddie Murphy doing it all. And they gave him the microphone to say some words. He's like, "I'm a bitter old man," and this and this and this. And it wasn't even a full, what two minutes that he said what he said, and he was done. And he just kind of walked off. And I was like, "Wow, that was not cool." <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why he's not doing much anymore. It's probably because he's that feels that way. I mean, it sucks to see him like that because he's so instrumental. I think in a lot of people's lives from the eighties and nineties. Yeah, and I think the last thing he did was uh, Mr. Church, and that movie came out in I'm an IMDb it as I say it. <laughs> Mr. Church. I mean, it sounds almost. It seems almost like he like the, the Dave Chappelle syndrome of like, you know, he just maybe he didn't ever feel like he was going to be better than what he was at a certain point, and he just got tired of, you know, hearing about the same old same old stuff from twenty years ago, and disappeared from the world for a while, and then you know now he's comes back a little bit, you know. Um, I feel like his stand ups now is more of him just talking. Yeah, as opposed to him telling punchlines, but I think that's probably a lot of what Eddie was. You know, people, oh man, when are you gonna do something like Raw again, or when are you gonna, you know, 
do another fucking coming to America or something like that. Where it's like, Oh my God, have you not watched anything I've done the last 10 years kind of thing? Yeah. <laughs> so like I'm, I'm on his IMDB and the last thing that he's done was in mm-hmm. 2016. And that's Mr. Church, the movie that I just said. And now, Reference. you know, I go to up and coming projects and everything and they got in development, Beverly Hills cop four. And then there's, <laughs> untitled grumpy old men project then they got okay. a movie that said it's in production called triplets I don't know it got something to do with Shrek look like oh no oh yeah no 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 no, no. it's a uh, triplets as in you remember the movie twins with Schwarzenegger and DeVito yeah. It's triplets with them two and Eddie Murphy. <laughs> so that's in pro- that's, awesome. that's supposedly in production according to IMDB. And then 2019 is uh, Dolomite is my name. He's supposed to be playing Rudy Ray Moore. And then in 2020 it says mm-hmm. coming to America. A king. So, there you go. <laughs> there you go. When are you going to make another one? 2020. Quit asking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know... <laughs> A uh, movie that I saw of his recently that I love, I haven't seen it forever, was uh, Life yeah. with uh, Martin Lawrence. Man, that movie is funny. God, I love that movie. And that was one of the things, too, to where I think at the time they hadn't even done anything together previous to that. And it was just like, oh, man, we getting Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence in one movie? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, man. That I remember it being uh, having that buzz around it because both of them were hot at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was funny because you said the grumpier old man, and I was just picturing him as that old man. And doing yeah. Upper room. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, I can see that, man. I can see it. Uh, so, man, I, I quote that movie all the time, and people really don't get that, those references too much. So I kind of just toned it down. You know, I don't do my Bernie Mac from that from uh, from that movie either. So. Yeah, man, we 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 pushing um the the line back, dog. It's just like I can talk about this one movie and there's people that hadn't even been alive when this movie was like popping and shit. I know it makes makes you feel old. It's like, oh man, you're right. That did come out in like ninety, you know, something. And they're like, I not even born at that time. Yeah, and that's even weird to say that, man. You born in ninety what? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I was born in 89. I mean, so. Yeah. I, mean, I don't really remember the, the first part of the 80s, but I mean, I mean, the 90s, but I mean, people probably don't even know. There's probably people who don't even know who Martin Lawrence is, you know, and like as popular as Martin was on Fox when we were younger and all the movie success he had and stuff. And like, yes, I hadn't done anything in so long. You probably, probably don't even, a lot of people probably don't even know who he is. Yeah. I mean, then, and you know, for too long, man, it's going to be a generation of uh, wrestlers that, you know, people ain't going to even know. You'd be like, who is that old motherfucker? you be like, oh, man, you don't know who that is? <laughs> man, I had a conversation with a wrestler recently. It was like, didn't know who Marty Jannetty was. And I felt offended. I was just like, <laughs> Hold on. There's always a Shawn Michaels. There's always a Marty Jannetty. You don't get that reference. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, man. I was, if anything, if you don't remember, you know, Buku about Marty Jannetty, you know about that barbershop window. All the all the rockers, right? I mean, you know, but like, damn, not to know him. Period. 
I felt that I was like personally attacked. I was like, come on. Like, you know, it's not like he was like a, a big deal or whatever, but I mean, or famous, I should say famous after, you know, all that happened, but it's such a like monumental part of like every tag team, you know, since then is like, Oh, who's going to be the genetic? Who's going to be the Michaels kind of thing. And so that's just kind of crazy that people don't even know who, who he is or even his, you know, run is with the rockers or the whole barbershop window. And it's just baffling. I don't know, man. It's, I don't want to talk about it. I'm getting upset as we speak about it. <laughs> the, the Rock and Roll Express is still out there and kicking it, man. I'm like, what the fuck? I thought them motherfuckers was dead. <laughs> hey, man. I got, they can lace up a pair of boots. I promise you those guys are going to be in the ring for the rest of their lives. Uh, yeah, and they doing well from what I've seen most recently. I was like, man, they, go ahead. Go on on you. <laughs> The only person that I can say. Tom hit a Canadian destroyer. Yeah, I seen that and it blew my goddamn mind. I almost flipped out of the chair like he did it to me. <laughs> but, but, yeah, man. But I would tell you one person that needs to stay their ass at home and everybody who's listening to this show know who the hell I'm talking about. And that's the goddamn Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, man. I remember watching that main event with Roman that was it 33? I don't remember. What yeah, the, on, the only one in the past five that I haven't been to in person. So, it, yeah, it had to be that one. <laughs> and it was, I was so depressed with that eight-minute match they had. And Peter looked like he was lost. I was like, man, I love you, Undertaker. Time to hang him up. And then you got Goldberg and Undertaker this Friday. I'm just, brother. <laughs> yeah, I was like, man. Please let it in. I'm. I think who would he work the last match he had? It was pretty not the tag match, God, no, not the tag match. The um, who was he working a singles match recently? If it's the last, I don't know. I, I just kind of block it out of my mind. <laughs> I do too, man. I just remember the last one he had was a decent. I felt like that was like an okay one. To, hey, man, that was it. Yeah, well, Kinda, they, they, they had um, New Orleans where him and Cena did that little brief little exchange. I was even okay with that. I mean, yeah. I, I, <laughs> whatever. I, just get out on top over Cena. You just, you just hang him up. Yeah. I, I, I highly was upset about that in New Orleans. I was there and I got a, a 12 minute YouTube clip on my YouTube page of me just yelling at the Undertaker the whole goddamn time. Just like, go away. <laughs> stop. <laughs> the whole damn time. No, man. That, I mean, at least it was a short match and. He looks to be in better shape and better, uh, better in the ring. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm with you. I, I it's funny, Shawn Michaels. I felt hung it up too early, and I feel like Taker's just not refu- or just refusing to, to call a day. I mean, I I, I love Taker. I you know teared up whenever he left his boots in the ring or gloves or whatever it no. was. And, no. Uh, yeah, man. I just think it's time. Yeah, dog. <sighs> Don't even get me started on that because I. Ooh, even my wife know we was because that damn match with Roman I, I did shed a tear in front of my motherfucking wife made me feel like a bitch and <laughs> is she and that motherfucker came back again after that and I was so fucking upset man yeah and then um they showed I was in the room with my wife I was folding up laundry I had wrestling on the TV and they said it was some other shit. I think it was the time that he was coming back for the the tag match and all the other shit that they was doing. So yeah. they flashed that shit on TV, said he was going to have a match. My wife 
looked at me and seen the vein pop in my forehead. I mean, I'm whatever clothes I was folding, I was like fucking balling that shit up in my hands and shit. I was just like, what the fuck yeah. is going on? <laughs> <laughs> man, she she knew I was hot. Oh, man, I, I just... I'm, I blocked that tag match out of history of wrestling because as far as I know, Shawn Michaels retired at 20, WrestleMania 26. And, uh, yeah, man, that uh, that match didn't happen in my in my playbook. Yeah, I never even watched it. I didn't watch it. I didn't. I, you're doing yourself a favor. It was awful. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, and it just even... <sighs> whatever. Fuck it. Yeah, everybody got my two cents. I don't even want to talk about it. Anymore. But um, yeah. I, I, hopefully, it's not another year or two before you come back and visit. But um, beyond, let's put a two-year cap on it again. But okay, what's the goal now? I mean, you obviously you got the um, the promotion in the wings or whatnot. You you doing things. You're making great strides to be the best promoter that you can be. You are making strides to be the best. <laughs> freaking professional wrestler you can be single or tag so i mean is there anything else on the agenda for one key for uh, do, do you remember what i said the last time i was on there i'm, I'm, I'm interested if, the, if you have if you know what i what i said i can pull it up <laughs> <laughs> no because i mean fine, it's fine. I'm, I, I gotta go i gotta go listen back because i'm interested in what i said it's, it's just crazy how far you come in two years um you know the, the cool thing about being a promoter um and a wrestler as well is you get to open up the doors for a lot of wrestlers a lot of your friends and don't get me wrong i you know i have my aspirations and dreams to make it to the next level but i think there's people in texas you know who are my friends who are ready to take that next step now, you yeah. know, whether it be a mysterious cue, whether it be a high on, uh, JJ Blake, um, uh, Terrell Tempo, um, Cam Cole, you know, guys like that, you know, at the cool of the tag team who are ready to, to step up. Uh, the thing that's cool for me is that I get the chance to bridge gaps and open doors for people because, um, you know, I get a chance to talk to other promoters outside of Texas and, and say, Hey, um, you know, I can come work for you guys. Um, you know, maybe you can get a couple of my guys on as well. And then, you know, in turn, you know, maybe you can send a couple of guys down here to Texas and, mm-hmm. and, uh, or we can use a couple of guys here at Texas and, and, and wrestle some of our guys down this way. So it's like a win-win for everybody involved. And, uh, you know, I, I, I I want to be able to open these doors and bridge these gaps for these guys and these girls who, like I said, I feel like they're, they're ready. And, and that the next step for them is to make it out and to work these other, you know, wrestle in these other places. Um, you know, I'm talking to somebody there in Seattle, yeah. uh, you know, Alex Reigns is out in Denver, uh, you know, I know people in Chicago and we plan on using talent from all those areas as well in our promotion, but to the, cool thing that I get to do as a promoter, you know, I, I'll probably get to go visit those places this year. And not only that, but I'll, you know, be able to get, you know, guys like mysterious Q and JJ Blake, um, and other people who help us at new Texas pro to those places. So it's like, 
you know, wrestling is a lot of perception. You know, yeah. you get to see people, you know, um, when you see people work, wrestle in different parts of the country for top promotions, you know, wrestling these top indie names, um, they start to get a little buzz about themselves and they start to get a little bit of traction. And, and that's what I want to try to do for myself. That's what I want to try to do for a lot of, you know, these people who are helping me, who I think are ready now. Um, and anything I can do to help these people who've helped me and helped new Texas pro man, that's, it, it's definitely a, a, something that I didn't have before reality of wrestling. Um, and it's something that, uh, is important to me, not only to give back to my community with talent from all parts of the country, mm-hmm. not just here in Texas, but, uh, a chance to, to bridge that gap for our own talent to go work these places against the top independent wrestlers yeah. in the country to show like, Hey man, Texas is where it's at right now. We're booming spot and we got the best talent here. And I, I believe that still, um, to this day. And, uh, that's really my goals for the next couple of years, man, just to branch out, to meet as many people as possible to, uh, to wrestle for as many companies as possible in different States and just to keep killing it, man. It, it's, uh, it's not a race. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And, uh, mm-hmm. that's where, that's where my, uh, thoughts and my, efforts are going to right now man and i can appreciate the sentiment man you got a big heart bro and i appreciate you for sharing (laughs) and uh, i hope you get everything that you're looking for dude i appreciate it man i appreciate you having me back on yeah yeah um i'm gonna have to get to round where you are in person so i can get you that number two i'm gonna just slide it in i'm gonna slide it in the ring while (laughs) you're having a match and shit and you can just bust somebody over the head with the fries or something. That, you're going to make me end up losing the match. You know, <laughs> you're, like, you're going to have me distracted for a second. It's going to, you're going to roll me up like 24 seven rule. And I'm like, Hey man, I do. I am happy that I get this number two, but I also lost this match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got the number two, but he got the number three, right? <laughs> that's right one two three brother yeah but hey man before you ride out and everything let everybody know where they can find you on social media your promotion all your crew and staff whatever man just let them know where they can get you at uh you can find me on instagram and twitter at Kiefer bartek pro um you can find my promotion new texas pro at new texas pro on instagram and new texas pw on twitter um, you know, Terrell Tempo, Max Sites, they also help me out. JJ Blake is the champion for the, for the meantime. Uh, you can get it, you can find him at, at double J Blake for the meantime. Um, yeah, man, I could just, I could <laughs> in the meantime. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, there's, uh, uh, so many people that help out with the promotion, but, uh, if you just follow the promotion, um, give it a chance, man. It's, uh, you know, I like to say a lot of what we're doing is a lot of what AEW is doing and just trying to try, trying to do wrestling the right way. And it's, uh, you know, just give us a chance and check us out and, uh, you'll enjoy it, man. Word. And as always with any guest that's been here, doors always open for you to come back. I mean, and you did come back. So, I mean, I guess I left the door open long yes. enough, right? <laughs> hey, well, Hey, if there's a door open, I'm trying to come in. So we're going to do this a third time. Whenever, hey, when I get signed, you're like, hey, you said you come back when you get signed. I'll be here. For sure, man. And I appreciate that. <laughs> and that was the homie Kiefer Bartek. 
And, you know, it goes to show you, like I was mentioning on the last episode, that there is definitely a three R bump <laughs> happening right now. A three R show bump. You come on the show and you uh, become successful. You know, look at the proof. Alicia Toot signed to AEW. Uh, freaking Chris Van Vliet signed to AEW. Uh, Josiah Williams, uh, WWE. So, you know, not your man here go from being a independent wrestler to freaking promoting and putting on his own shows. So tell me, tell me there isn't a three R bump going on here. So if you uh, got some dreams or ambitions, come on the show so we can get you that much needed bump you need. More evidence. Black Rambo came on here with 86,000 followers. Now he's sitting at 500 and something thousand only after he was on this show. I'm just throwing it out there in the world. Maybe maybe this is a real thing, but I just want to put that out there for my sake. (laughs) Much success to everybody that I mentioned. Much success to everybody that has been on the show and whoever will be on the show because you deserve that push. Whether it comes from me or just off the whims of your own uh, stick it it to a if that's even a thing, or uh, your own drive and motivation. So, Speaking of driving motivation, I just motivated myself to drive back from Louisiana and I'm just touching down, uh, chopping this thing up for y'all. Hope you enjoyed the episode and a couple of announcements. October 18th through the 20th, I will be at the Fandemic Tour that's coming through Houston at the NRG Center, which is what I just said, October 18th. 18th to the 20th. <laughs> so check your boy out there. Then uh, following that, November 2nd and 3rd, I'll be in Atlantic City, New Jersey for the J1 Con. And then to follow that, we'll be right back here in Houston for the freaking second annual H-Town Podfest, which I am very excited for to see the homies in the H-Town. And, and you might think like, man, why you got to do Podfest just to see your homies and everything? Because Houston is his own planet and motherfuckers are spread out all over this bitch. And, and you know, I, I historically tell it on this show. I have a brother that live here and it takes me an hour from my house to get to his house. Damn near. Damn near hour. And we live in Houston, both of us. <laughs> so there you go. But um, yeah, so look forward to those things. You get some social media posts on there. Um, I'm lacking on the Instagram this weekend because, as I said, I was in Louisiana this weekend with family, uh, having some drinks, chilling out, hanging and whatnot. But, you know, now I'm here doing this. But as always, you can follow me on Twitter at it's B-Rob, I-T-S-B-R-O-B. If you want to talk professional wrestling or any other general shenanigans, that's the way you do it. This show that you're listening to right now is also on Twitter at 3RShow. You can follow me on Instagram to where I walk the hollowed halls of Walmart. And um, you can also find anything else pertaining to the show on randomrobcast.com, where you can also find ways to support the show, where it be merch, uh, donations, whatever have you, all the information is on randomrobcast.com. But you do not have to spend a dime of your money to support the show. The most important way that you can help this show grow and any other podcast that you listen to is by writing five star reviews or a review for that matter. You know, anything four stars and below, leave some constructive criticism, uh, like, share, retweet. <laughs> 
make your friends listen <laughs> so they can get that crisp high five and everything. So um, on that note, you've heard all the things. Look for me in person, live in many areas. Also, um, I think August 31st, be at the Starlight uh, Southern uh, Starlight, goddamn Southern Star Brewery in Conroe, Texas, August thirty first. Uh, date well, I already gave you the date. Times will be determined. So uh, just listen by, check the social media that I already gave you, and um, come hang out, have a good time, drink some burr, some burr, and see how the burr is made. <laughs> uh, I'll see you next time.